But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys, Fatty, Fatty. and Big Bry. And Big Bry. What is going on, everybody? I am that fat guy, Jared Fatty Bates, and he is Big Bry. And- Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face this week. Brian, we got a great show. We're doing our Browns dive in as the combine gets ready to start. Um, I'm doing a little, I got some other stuff going on back here, buddy. Give me one second. I got our dog of the week, but I got to. uh, So if you want to take over for me for just a second, Um, you got any shout outs this week? Yeah, I'll I'll get into my shout outs. I was going to. Ask you quickly though if your microphone is all the way up because I could hear the intro like the level was up here, but now that you're talking, it's down a little bit. So I don't know if it's maybe on your end. Is that better? That is better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can turn it up a little bit more. That's no big deal, Brian. I gotta. Yeah. Don't don't be afraid to crank it up. We want to hear you. It's not that. It's just you know I gotta I gotta peace of mind the kids. And my else, and then I can hear myself back. So I got to turn mine on the other side. It's no big deal, Brian. No okay. big deal. All right. Got it. Look. All right. So we got a new dog of the week this week. Um, our first shout out, which uh, I was very, very happy to hear. And I sent a message as soon as I got it over to Bri. Um, Our dog of the week last week, Purdy, got adopted on late Saturday night into Sunday. And whoever adopted that dog, thank you so much. Um, you know, it, it. I was telling Brian it's a lot that, you know, the dogs that we've had on our show, I mean, we're batting almost, uh, let's see here, Ted Williams right now. with uh, We're doing pretty good with dogs getting adopted that have been on our show. So it was quite nice for Beth to message us uh, and let us know that our dog did get adopted. So it was great. And I got the picture. I uh, sent it to Brian and couldn't be happier for that dog to get adopted, go to a loving home. So. Thank you for whoever did it. Um, good for us, Brian. I mean, that's great news for us. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it always makes you feel good. Any dogs that get adopted, you know, from week to week. But certainly, you, you see every Tuesday night, you see those smiling faces. So, um, yeah, the, the sooner the better for getting those happy dogs at home. So, yeah, that kind of warmed my heart when you sent that over. Uh, it warmed my like I looked at my wife and I got so excited. She goes, look at you getting all excited. I'm like, honey, I can't help it. Like, I feel like it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, wow. Um, I helped get this dog adopted. I mean, it, it might not even been us, but we helped like it, you know, we spread the word. We did what we could do. So it just nice feeling. What is going on, Justin and James? Thank you guys for showing up. As I said, we got a huge show today. 
Uh, we're going to be breaking down the Browns free agency tracker with the defensive end and defensive tackle this week. Uh, we're also going to touch on a few spots that Andrew Barry hit uh, right before the combine, which starts started today, I believe. Right, Brian? Yeah, I think they, they come in and they get measured and, you know, all the uh, unimportant stuff weigh in, you know, kind well, of. Uh, all depends on Baby Hans Pickett. I wonder if he was doing his exercises, Brian. Yep, that's where guys uh, draft stocks slide a little bit if they got tiny little hands, or if they come in at five foot ten instead of six foot, or uh, you know, anything like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I still get into it, even though the Browns don't really have a draft pick that I get super excited about. But uh, yeah, it's just, this is this is almost like your Super Bowl time of year, isn't it? I I used to watch it a lot and. It was kind of like preseason. It was kind of like the Pro Bowl where I get excited for football and then I sit down and I watch it and I'm pretty bored after. Well, I can make it usually like an hour or so, hour and a half, but then I get kind of bored with it. So, yeah, it's it's when there's not a whole lot else going on, um, it kind of wets the whistle a little bit. So, uh, Brian, I think next week we're going to talk a little XFL, if that's okay. Oh, I got to brush up on my XFL. You got to brush up. I get, I'm giving you a couple weeks. I'm giving you a little advance time because you watch it this weekend. Um, I like They got some cool stuff going on with the XFL that I'm kind of enjoying watching, especially with the uh, extra point conversions that they're doing, which is kind of fun for, to watch. Um, but also we got a, we're talking Cleveland guardians. They started spring training with the new rules of baseball, which we'll talk a little bit about today. Uh, the Cavs came out of the all-star break, a little sluggish. Hopefully we can pick it back up and then get some more wins going through. Um, hopefully everybody stays healthy here on the final push to get into the playoffs. As of right now, I think we're still in the four, but we're going to be bouncing around between three, four, five, and six here within the next probably two, three weeks. So, we got that. Um, we're going to talk, like I said, defensive end, defensive tackles. We are going to talk who has the best fish sandwich via fast food style. Because since I cannot have fast food because of Lent, which has destroyed my living right now, Bryce, so far. <laughs> it's a rough first week. It's been, it's been a, it's been a not like, it has been rough, but like, it's like pool, pool week. Well, no, it's like normally on Sunday, my pool Sunday, I, you know, I, I dabble a lot into it as I'm, you know, heading home and I'm like, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. I got to be true to myself. So one weekend, you know, staying strong, which is really nice for me. Now, uh, would you be able to get like to go orders from whatever bar you're playing pool at and take it home? Or is I, that kind of. I did. I did. Okay. So that's kind of a way around it. That's the way around it, but I didn't. So I got a, I got a Mister B's burger without the uh, the bun. I got the lettuce, tomato, and all that stuff. And then I got on the side, I got potato chips instead of French fries. Yep, small uh, small changes. That's all it takes. So got that, which everybody kind of looked at me funny when I said no bread, and they're like. <laughs> all right, all right, guys, I'm fine. I'm fine. The, it's okay. The fat guy's gone keto. He is uh he's trying to just trying to better himself a little bit. Just let him let him Nothing try to do that. that. Um let's see here. Tackle. Oh, here's Jose. Jose's here. Tackles. Hey Jared. 
Hello, say hi to love for me. <laughs> oh, there's my guy. No, man. He was, he was so upset this last week. This is what I got Wednesday morning when I walked into work last week. You didn't have a show last night? Why didn't you tell me? Jose, we had the show. No, you didn't. You didn't have the show. It didn't show up on my Facebook. It shows up on my Facebook all the Jose, we had to show. I promise you we had to show. I can I can bring it up on mine and show. Well, it, why didn't it show up on my, Jose, I don't know. I haven't had a drink of coffee yet. Can you just like give me give me 2 seconds to take a breath and a sip of coffee and then we can continue this conversation? Like just <laughs> Yeah. But he was how to maneuver around Facebook. I'm how to, to get to us. Going to have to do something. Had a hard time. I had a hard time today only trying to get in. Well, I'm sorry, Jose. The babies are in town, I think, soon. So, oh, okay. Um, other than that, stuff. right? Let's let's get into our shout outs real quick because I I got a whole bunch. Do you have? Yeah, any? go ahead. Um, first off, I got to shout out my nephew Tyler. Today is his 26th birthday. I got to shout out my aunt Caressa. Her birthday is tomorrow, and the trifecta, which my mother's birthday is on Thursday. We have a three-peat in the family. The 28th, the 1st, and the 2nd are all birthdays of my family. Wow. So I um, wanted to shout out all of them. I love them. Wish them a happy birthday week. Also got to shout out Mama's retiring soon. So got to shout out a happy retirement to Mama. She's awesome. all excited. Um, I do got to shout out my pool team and the other pool team I was playing from Rookies, which is the, I believe it was the Sticky Bandits. I got to remember which one it was. Um but we were able to do a video uh, of the pool league that night, and it's up on Illegal Ham. We just did a demo, trying to check everything out, make sure everything goes so we can go live with Harold and Lake Erie APA. And our show is brought to you by Harold, Keel, and Lake Erie APA. Um, and other than that, Bry, I just got one little sad note. We had a um, we had a pool member that's friends with a lot of us at pool uh, pass away this week. Um, Kind of shocking. He was in his 50s, um, had a stroke, and just never recovered from it. So I, I want to shout out him and his family, um, prayers to them, and just everybody that's met him and been around him because he was truly an amazing guy. Sometimes he could be full of it, but he was truly an amazing guy. And, you know, Bob, rest in peace. Um, I just, you know, wish we could have done it different than what it was. So, Brian, what about you, bud? Yep, another reminder about how precious this life is. Uh, and don't take a day for granted. So, sad to hear about that. Um, but I'll keep your uh, birthday themes going. And this past weekend, we celebrated down in Mansfield uh, my wife's grandfather's birthday. He turned 100 years old. And so, there was Goodness. a giant... <laughs> The only person I've ever known to, to make it to a hundred. So, uh, so he was determined. There were probably two hundred, maybe even three hundred people at the church um, came out to show their love and celebrate with him. He is. I've mentioned him before. He's a World War II veteran. Um, was in the Navy uh, and still talks about Navy stories. Stories about seeing the atomic bomb dropped. Um, you know, we're talking 80 years ago. So he, he's definitely a proud veteran. So it was a special night um, for their entire family. And, you know, just to be there was pretty awesome. Um, so shout him out. And 
The only other shout out I have is um, this weekend, if you're looking for something to do, the Medina Home and Garden Show is Saturday and Sunday at the Medina Fairgrounds. So if you couldn't make it to the IAC Center for their big home and garden show, there's one more. I think the weather will cooperate. Might not be as warm as uh, we've had it um, in past weekends, but uh, come on out. I think it's a couple bucks to get in and there's over like 130 vendors. So looking for something to do, come on down to Medina, walk through, take a couple hours and just kind of, if you have any home projects or anything coming up, check it all out, you know, get some free estimates and uh, have yourself a good time. Bry, is the stand going up? We're, we're doing lemonade. Yep. So there's mm-hmm. going to be lemonade there. There's going to be, um, couple food trucks i think saturday they're having their um their like it's not a rib cook-off it's like a uh it's it's a barbecue contest kind of they do chicken they do ribs they do pork and so um you can sample some of that stuff so yeah i mean everything dudes like i think the the theme this year is man caves so they got a pretty sweet uh man cave with everything that you could imagine um is kind of the center stage so uh yeah come check it out uh jose wants to know if he's allowed to go there absolutely yeah uber comes down to medina are you kidding me heck yeah and do you want me to bring the setup with me we could do a little uh a little behind the scenes there at uh you know behind the lemonade stand you're welcome to come on down yeah it's not too far for you half hour 35 minutes Especially when they got barbecue, I can eat that, Bri. Mm-hmm. I think probably mid afternoon on Saturday is when uh all the stuff was supposed to be turned in and then gets judged. And I saw all the uh trophies today with a little pig on top, so that's that's one that's missing from my collection. Never got a pig Bri, on top of my uh trophies. Bri, we might have to start doing that for legal ham fantasy football. Just gonna <laughs> Trophy with a pig on top. We can do that. We can do oh, that. Absolutely. That would be amazing. All right. You got any more before we head into That's our... it. All right. Let's get in our trivia, Brian. And I'm still behind a little bit. The kids got me flustered today, Brian. I'm running around just... Now's you know. the time to relax. Big Fella, our trivia is brought to you by City Dogs of Cleveland. City Dogs Cleveland right here, the little logo. Boom. Uh, we helped try to help them get dogs adopted. We also have the April 2nd get ready. We are going, it's a Sunday, Bri. It is Sunday. Okay. So Sunday at noon, we will be at Lake Erie Monsters game with pups and pucks with the what is it the Cleveland APL and the City Dogs of Cleveland? Uh, I think Brian and I are both going also. I'm taking the kids. I think Brian might be bringing Lil. We might have a good time on our hands. So you guys can meet us out there. But your dog of the week this week, which we have Purdy got picked up this Saturday. 
we have Biloxi, Bry. Now, all right, this dog is playful. Look at that face. <laughs> all right, Biloxi is a bubbly young boy who's ready to have a blast. This fun, snub nosed guy simply radiates joy. He's ready to play at any moment's notice. He is great with his favorite toys in the yard. He has a silly side, but he is also attentive to his person on the leash and off the leash. He does know basic leash training and can sit and is easy to pick up new commands because he is a treat motivated puppy, which Brian, you and I are definitely treat motivated too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also social with other dogs so far. He would like it fit smoothly into a fun, loving home where he can keep his mind and his body active. He is estimated to be two years old, Bry, and he is estimated to weigh 46 pounds. Look at that face, Bry. <laughs> I mean, we just get the best of them. So Biloxi is our dog of the week this week. We have, here's the, um, bang, right at the bottom of the screen is how you get a hold of City Dogs Cleveland. Their phone number, website, if you want to meet the dog, you got to fill out a form and go meet them. So, and Justin, wow, so cute. I'm telling you what, they got some great dogs there. And it's, you know, I know it's mostly um, either American Bulldogs or Pitties that we kind of get, but they need love and they need homes too. And they get a bad rap for bad people that own them. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing is if you raise your dog right and you love your dog, you know, it won't do anything to harm other people if you you know treat it right that's just the biggest thing and you know they get a bad rap but they also do have other dogs there i saw a aussie shepherd there they have a few others so they do have other dogs but they try to help out as much as they can with the pits and american bulldogs and everything else and they all need love too so all right bry your turn for trivia this week i believe mm-hmm and you said you had a doozy for me last week. I have a doozy. Um, I think you can get it, though. Uh, so, Miles Garrett, you know, we know he's kind of the stud on the defense. Uh, he had 16 sacks for the Cleveland Browns last year. <laughs> I'm wondering who had the second most sacks for the Cleveland Browns. Oh. It's not very impressive. It's not very bad. It's like three or four, isn't it? It's around there. Hey, you're in the ballpark. Okay. All right. I might I may need a hint later, but I, I have somebody in mind. You can get it. Like I said, it's been thrown around a couple times over the last few weeks on uh Cleveland Sports Radio. That's where I got it from. So we'll see. Maybe we'll enlighten a couple people how bad it really was. All right. All right, bro, you ready to get in your Cleveland headlines now? Yeah. Where's Chris at so I can play the funk music as we get ready to go? Is Chris here? Nope, I guess not. Roll call. We're going to play the uh, club music without him then. Chris chimed in. Oh, yeah, he's here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so your Cleveland headlines that are going on right now. Cleveland Cavaliers have come out of the All-Star break with a little bit of a slumper coming out. They played some uh, bigger games, but they lost some close games that I wish they would have won. But uh, 
so far they're hanging right in there in the hunt. Um, like I said, we will try to get uh, Kev is soon to be a dad, Bry. So I'm trying to finagle getting time with Kev on here so we could dive a little deeper into the Cavs before the playoffs. But we got enough NFL news because when you think we don't have NFL news, Bry, it always rears its ugly head here in Cleveland. Always. And it came out today that John Johnson III will not be re-signed by your Cleveland Browns. They're looking for a trade, but if not, he will be cut on much March 14th. He is due, I think it's like $9 million on what's remaining of his contract. Um, Brian, I had texted you to let you know that JJ the third was done and you were, you said you had mixed emotions about it. So I'd like you to have your platform here and explain to me why you had mixed emotions about JJ the third. Yeah. Um, I know it's easy to bag on him and, uh, and forget the good that he has done. He has done good. I'm not saying he's lived up to his contract, but, uh, I just think that it, it creates another hole in your defense. Now you have to go find another safety. And I guess I'm not too clear on how much money it really frees up. I've kind of heard contrasting reports that uh, that he was guaranteed a lot of money still. Um, I'm guessing that the Browns are able to save a little bit of uh, money based on cutting him because – you know, if you're not going to save any money, then why cut him in the first place? He's, I think he's an adequate starter. I think uh, I was interested to see how he would do in this defense because, I mean, we gave him three years, $30 million for a reason. He was a good player. Maybe he just wasn't a fit in, um, in the Joe Woods defense. Maybe Schwartz could have got something more out of him. I was kind of... You know, not looking forward to it, but I was curious to see how he would play with Jim Schwartz because I think Jim Schwartz is a professional defensive coordinator and he's going to hold these guys accountable to where I felt like John Johnson felt it was his responsibility to hold his teammates responsible. So maybe that would have freed him up a little bit more to play a little bit uh, better and a little bit freer. So, I, you know, at the end of the day, they did what they had to do. And I think they can find a decent, with whatever money they save from him, they can find a decent uh, safety. But, yeah, it just, it, you know, the grass is always green around the other side. Uh, you can't guarantee me that whoever we get to replace John Johnson is going to be better than him. But it's just different. So, at this point, people are just happy that it's somebody different, even though that guy could be worse. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll wait and see uh, based on who they get. I know we've been linked to Jesse Bates, which obviously would be nice, uh, but you're going to have to pay him a ton of money. Don't you um, start talking about my cousin Jesse Bates the third like that. I'm just, know? hey, good for him. He's going to get a huge payday because uh, I, I don't know if the Bengals will want to pay him all that money with Joe Burrow's contract looming. Um, so somebody will pay him a bunch. Is it going to be the Browns? I don't know. It sounds great, but as fans are going to maybe come to realize throughout this offseason, you're finally having to deal with uh, being up against the cap. We're used to having 50, 60, 70 million dollars in free cap space and being able to assign whoever we want. Well, not this year. You got to pick and choose, even with all the restructuring that we can do with Miles and uh, Deshaun. So 
yeah, I'll be interested to see. I guess I'll I'll make my final judgment based on uh, who they get to replace John Johnson. Yeah, and just to set it here, a lot of people are going to get cut and not picked up. Yes, a lot of people are, but a lot of people are going to be restructured too. What they're going to do is instead of you know your remaining contract of being twelve, thirteen million dollars. Well, hey, how about this? We'll give you a signing bonus of six million dollars, and we'll make your contract. Five million, you know what I mean? Like, there's ways that they're going to restructure a lot of people. Like, Amari Cooper's one of them that has already been been rumbled to restructure. They already did. Um, God, the right tackle when they resigned Conklin. him. They resigned him. So, there, I mean, there's going to be a lot of movement here within the next few weeks. But the the thing with John Johnson, uh, Bry. I, he did do some good things here. My big thing is with him is when we paid him, I thought he was going to come in and just finally for once, our safety position wouldn't have any questions. You have the guy back there that you went out free agency and spent a lot of money on to do it. And it just never happened. And then especially after this year, and I think that might've also helped out with this year of, he wasn't that eye with Joe Woods. The running of the mouth about everything behind the scenes. He wasn't happy. The organization wasn't happy with him. It could have just been like a mutual thing. Like, all right, here, here's what we're going to do. Just because it's you, you can go find a place where you can go play. We'll cut you and, you know, go from there. So it's just one of those, like you said, we're going to, we're getting into the point now where, there's going to be some people that we think are okay and good and should fit on this team that are going to be gone. And, you know, you and I will dive into that here in a little bit with the uh, Browns free agents coming up. But a lot of these guys aren't coming back. Even though they're free agents, we have a chance to re-sign them if we want to. They're just gone. And we're just going to – we're at a point now where – we're one of those teams, like you said, we're up against the cap. We got to mind our P's and Q's and kind of just get players that we think will fit our system that we think are good enough. But like you said, though, you're letting go of a good player that was in the secondary already that needs help also. To see him with Jim Schwartz would have been nice for a year to kind of, I mean, you're already paying him, but also it's up money for you to go get a better defensive tackle, a better defensive end better linebacker. Like I said, they're linked to Jesse Bates. They want, I, from what I'm hearing, it's Jesse Bates or bust with them. They're wanting Jesse Bates bad. It's a lot of money. I it's know a it's lot a lot of money. money. It's more than John Johnson's making, that's for sure. But, I mean, it's just one of those ones that, you know, if that's what you want, go get it. Um, Let's see here. The other Cleveland headline news, Bry. The ownership has dove into Milwaukee Bucks. They dipped their toes into the NBA now. So they got a little partial ownership there. And also there is a talk about a new stadium, which will be heading to the east side possibly, but the Browns are standing pat saying, no, we want to stay here. We want to renovate it. It'll be okay. And they're kind of putting the pressure on the city because the lease will be up here in the next few years. And with everybody else getting a brand new stadium, why not the Cleveland Browns? So there'll be a point in time where we'll be talking Cleveland Browns stadium and what we should do, whether it be roof dome or 
Keep it open. Keep it natural. Where do you stand right now? To be honest, Brian, I like the roof. Okay. I like the roof because, yes, there are some beautiful nights here in Cleveland that you could just open up. To, and you can still have concerts, everything else. But we've all been there for snow games. And you know something? Everybody's transitioning towards it, Bri. And if we ever won a Super Bowl here in Cleveland, we have to do it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think a retractable roof is the way to go. And I'm looking at it solely based on, yeah, it would be nice to get a Super Bowl. Yeah, show off the city a little bit. But solely based on um, how I'm viewing it is from a season ticket holder. I'm sick and tired of, you know, trying to give away games in December, you know, a hundred, hundred, hundred twenty-five dollars tickets. You can't give them away in December. Nobody wants to go and sit in uh, whatever kind of weather we had for New Orleans and watch a losing football team. Nobody. We we talked. How much will it cost? How much would it cost for you to get paid to go watch that game? We both said. Like a hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks. That's how most people feel. So, I mean, the team—if they're playing meaningless football, nobody wants to go sit out in the cold and watch that. So, yeah, you can buy tickets for five, ten bucks. So, maybe in a dome, they might be more inclined to go watch a game in a nice new stadium um, where it's seventy degrees. Uh, and yeah, I'm. You know, the day of, well, we got to be tough. We got to play in the cold, blah, blah, blah. Gives us an advantage. Well, it certainly didn't give us an advantage against the Dome team with New Orleans because um, they beat us up. So, yeah, all the narratives and everything, they sound great. You know, they sound tough, but I'm ready. I'm ready for Dome. Uh, I've experienced outdoor football for 38 years of my life and ready for something new. Okay, so here there I was going to bring this up too, Chris. Uh, we did get the Pro Football Hall of Fame game against the Jets. Yeah. Because of uh, Joe Thomas was announced and also Darrell Rivas and who was the other guy from the Jets that got in? Uh Klecko or something from like the okay. 80s, maybe 70s. So yeah, so we are going to so pretty much we got an extra preseason game if you want to go down to Canton and enjoy your time down in Canton. I know of a couple campsites that have uh, certain tailgaters that we have hanged out with that uh, have a very good time down there during this weekend, and then they go to the game. But this is also a big thing for um, – I think it's a big thing for Cleveland, Bri. I know that we're not showcasing Cleveland, but to have one of our own, to have Joe Thomas in there, to have that game in Canton, which is a bus trip for – you know, all these guys and, you know, something to take these guys and show it off. Like most people don't understand. Like you and I have talked, I've driven by the pro football hall of fame hundreds of times going down to my dad's still never been. Hmm. I've never been in there. I see the field. I see everything. I see what they're building there. Still never been in there. Right. And I just, and that's a me. I, I got to go in there and check it out because I just, I got to bite the bullet and go in there one day. But every time I go by, I just see it. And I'm like, man, how awesome would that be for an Ohio person to be driving down 77 and look over and watch the Browns and the Jets playing hmm. right there on like right there next to the highway. I mean, there's no, if it's right there, <laughs> like you yeah. can't miss it. 
So yeah. yes, but that's that's awesome news that they're getting a Hall of Fame game. That gives them one extra week of practice, Bry, and an extra preseason game. <laughs> For our guys not to play in. Uh, well, and no, everyone no, just kind of sit I on the bench. That. But also it gives them a little bit more analysis for the guys on the back end too of who they want to keep. You know, you got your, you know, third, four stringers that are going to play in that game, maybe even second stringers, depending on what goes on. But you get to weed out the bad weeds on that game. Like you got an extra game to evaluate what you have as a team where most teams don't have that extra week. Oh, absolutely. It can be a huge benefit for you to get that extra week. Um, you just hope that the coaching staff is smart enough to take advantage of it, which I know they're smart, but um, do they do they treat it as an obligation or do they treat it as something like, hey, we get a leg up on the rest of the league? Um, so you hope they do that. Going back to what you're saying about going just going to the Hall of Fame, I mean, we just kind of take it for granted, I guess, maybe living in northeast ohio i haven't been since i was maybe seven eight years old i went to like a bills um giants game maybe about 10 years ago eight ten years ago but that was just the game i didn't get to go inside of the um of the exhibits so yeah i think it's something everyone should make a point to go see to appreciate um the game and you know understand that it's just not 1990 and forward 1970 and forward it goes back to the 40s goes back to the 30s even um and and maybe you'll your appreciation for the browns and their organization and the dominance that they had in the 50s and 60s will grow and uh yeah kind of fuel that fire hopefully we get back to that point right i want i know that what august what third Something like that is what they're Usually talking early about. August, yeah. That sounds right. Mark it down in your calendar, Bri. All right. Just mark that weekend off in your calendar. I'm going to get a hold of our boys from Kentucky. I'm going to see if I can't get the juice and the big man up here for that game because it oh, is man. the Browns versus the Jets. And there's a spot that, that I we can get into that's close to there and have a pretty good weekend. Yeah, if, if those guys come up, uh, forget about it. I'll, I'll find a way to get there, no matter what I got going on. All right, well, pencil it in. I'm going to get a hold of the Kentucky boys. Maybe even Chris and Justin will come up and have some fun with us. Justin told More me the to merrier. Run, Justin told me to run the half marathon there. If I pick up, uh, let's see here, you've never been on there, never been to the football hall, take up running and do the half marathon slash marathon. Here I did it. We finished on the field. Justin, I guess I am nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I think we start Mm-mm. with a 5K. Half marathon seems very... I guess... I think we should start out with a power walk one time around the track, and let's see what happens. Just a light a light jog for 100 yards. Sounds pretty good. Hey, and Justin, I invited you up, too. I said Justin, too. All right? Not, you know, <laughs> don't get your... My Lord. Justin got comes. To... We all got to wear our LeBron stuff. We got to wear our LeBron stuff, and we got to go vegetarian that weekend. I don't know about that. Yeah, we got to so have at least. Kick off a- the football, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy to say, um, what, five months away, six months away. But uh, something to look forward to in, in the beginning of August. Oh, Brian, I can't wait. 
Well, Brian, you ready to dive into it? We've been talking about it, beating around the bush. It's time for your, and I like to call this, Bri, your big boy dive in to a free agency. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into our defensive end and defensive tackles, free agency so far. Bri, do you have a list of people that you would like? And how do you want to do this? Do you want to go kind of like back and forth? I did. I, know. Uh, I did old versus young. Do you want to take the reins on this and just start it out and see where we go? Yeah, sure. I got a list of ends and tackles. I got maybe 12, 15 names here. Um, I guess okay. we'll start with with the tackles um, because there was some news today about uh, uh, Payne getting the franchise tag, which would have been nice to get him, obviously, but he would have been very expensive and He's had a decent career. He really came through this year, so you kind of wonder, like, well, it always seems like these guys have their best years uh, and contract years. Always. So he's off the table. But um, but the next apple of our eye is uh, Argrave from Philadelphia. He's probably going to get re-signed or, again, going to cost a ton of money so he might be a pipe dream at this point um so after that maybe you start sinking your teeth and in, in the rest of the guys and it's a lot of veterans late 20s early 30s guys a uh, couple names we kind of know um they were talking about draymond jones today um the ohio state guy uh, i believe he played for the broncos um, if that's right, Larry Ogunjobi is going to be on the free agent market again. We'd like to have him back, but I just think maybe he's too small um, for defensive tack. I mean, not too small, but uh, for what the Browns need. The Browns need a run stopper. They don't just need a good defensive tackle. They need a run stopper. So do we go back to like an Andrew Billings who, who they had a couple years ago um, who's a good run stopper but had some Injury issues when he was in Cleveland. Fletcher Cox is a big name, um, but he's getting up there in the age. He's 32 now. Um, So, I don't know. Are they looking for a plug-and-play guy who might give you one, maybe two years? Are they looking for a guy who could be here for five, six, seven years? Um, Yeah, Dallin Tomlinson, he was a, a high draft pick out of Alabama. I think he played for Minnesota. He he's not half bad. He he'd be decent enough, and he wouldn't cost too much. Um, same thing with a guy like Sheldon Rankins. He was a high draft pick for New Orleans, and still kind of in his prime. Um, so those were kind of the guys that that maybe jumped out to me. I don't know if you got some other guys you want to comment on those. So right now I pulled up Hargrave. I don't think there's a way we can afford Hargrave. I mean, right now they're projecting his salary to be about twenty million dollars. It's a lot for like thirty no market value. Yeah. And now this is coming from Sport Track or Spot Track. So this is three years, sixty million dollars, twenty million dollars a year, twenty point one million dollars a year. So the way I kind of broke it down, Bry, for me, is I thought. You know, you got your guys that you would think that you want. Your veteran guys, I know, like 
we'd bar grave, but like veteran guys. So like right now, let's look at the ages here. You got who's going to be 36, Corey Peters. And I tried to look at people that actually finished the game. So last year, Fletcher Cox played 16 games, had 43 tackles, seven sacks, 12 quarterback hits. All right. Right now, his market value is four million. And what's his market value? Well, that's what I'm bringing up here. Let me. Oh, okay. got the internet. Internet's going slow on me right now. I used to have four million. I think it was four million dollars. No, no, no. Fourteen right now was oh, his 14. average last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's getting up there. I mean, I know he's a good veteran, but um, yeah, and you wonder um with these Philadelphia Eagles guys because. You got Hargrave, you got Fletcher Cox, you got Brandon Graham. You wonder um, about the relationship with Jim Schwartz, and uh, is he trying to finagle some of those guys away from Philadelphia? And maybe he is, but a lot of those guys, they only got one or two good years left in them, so you got to be careful. We also need a senior guy that knows what they're doing, and you bring in – you know, Fletcher Cox, even though he is a free agent, Brian, you never know. He might like playing for Jim Schwartz and might take it back a little bit. Right now, it is a $14 million salary. They got him ranked eighth at defensive tackles, two years, $28 million. And it's kind of like where they're thinking for this. So I kind of did what I kind of did was older guys that you need and then a younger guy. Guy down, and as soon as I find him, his last name is it Gaines? Gotta find Gaines. I wrote all this stuff down beforehand, Bri. <laughs> I really did. I, I'm sorry. I'm scrolling through. That's why we have other screen here. Yes, Andrew Billings would be nice. Like you said, um, I, I don't think he'll go by the divvy back in with there it is kevin givens he's 29 years old or 26 years old with san francisco he's a restricted free agent so they can sign him back but he had 20 tackles two sacks three hits on the quarterback so i'm kind of like looking at what's young and what's out there sure because if you get a younger guy you know you they they need a veteran in there brian they really do and yeah, here, here's the other some, one. Who else? Right now, Greg Gaines is who I ha- had here for the Los Angeles Rams. Played 15 games, right? 36 tackles, four sacks, six quarterback hits. His market value right now, as if my kids aren't on the internet screwing up everything, which I'll bring it up here. He was getting paid about $800,000 last year, Bri. Mm-hmm. And he's 20 getting ready to turn 26 but that's a young guy that'd be right four years seven million dollars that's in their wheelhouse oh yeah that's proven he was he was drafted round four four years ago he's got four years experience so i mean that's the kind of guys that they look for i mean those are like fletcher cox would be the best for me honestly bry yeah because it gives you that 
attitude that gives you in there. And then they got a young guy like Greg Gaines that could come in here, be a younger guy to develop behind them, but also having both those guys that are experienced with winning teams, Brian, with winning teams and come in and kind of show Ogunjobi, Winfrey, all those guys, not Ogunjobi, but you know what I'm saying? Like Winfrey, Togi, all Elliot. those guys, you know, Elliot, all those guys, a little bit of something. But we need, we need that 30, 30 year old or above veteran in here that still plays. I feel for our defensive tackle. I don't think we need to go young anymore. We need a legit vet at defensive tackle that knows the game, knows what to do. And for me, I think it's Fletcher Cox is that guy because I think he might be in our wheelhouse for money. I. Am I wrong on that? No, I, I think we, we kind of are both going down the same path. But uh, you need that veteran. You need that guy that you signed, and he's your starter. Not He has to earn it in training camp. You sign him, okay, we're good at one defensive tackle position. And then I'm fine with letting a group of an, a bunch of guys fight it out for that other starting position. You know, Givens, uh, like you were saying, for San Francisco, he intrigues me a little bit because he's on a very talented defensive line. So he's not going to get a ton of reps uh, in San Francisco. So you just hope that him being surrounded by a bunch of great players kind of rubs off on him a little bit. So, yeah, you, you get that one guy, and then we'll figure out the rest. You just hope – one of other three or four guys, maybe in, it's Winfrey. You know, they say that uh, NFL players make their biggest jump from year one to year two. So hopefully something in his mind clicks and he kind of figures it out. Oh, my God. He's got mature, though, Bry. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's going to be up to him on if he wants to be a professional. You know, he, he's got a ton of talent. And, you know, obviously – He's very talented, but there's a reason he slipped to the fourth round. And we kind of figured it out last year why he did. So, yeah, I'm not saying you count on any of those guys, but we need that one steady guy that you can stick in there and say, all right, as long as he's healthy, he's playing. And then let everyone else just kind of work in. So hopefully they do that. If they want to go big, yeah, Fletcher Cox is is the name. Um but you got to do your research. You got to make sure that he's still hungry. He still wants it. He's not just here for a payday. What about this uh, Saunders guy from Kansas City? He's 26 and a half. He's got 48 tackles, four sacks, eight quarterback hit. Right now, his market value will be uh, around 6.4 million. So they're talking like two year, 12 million Sunders. I can't say I know a ton about him, um, but yeah, he kind of goes in, into that category of young up-and-coming guys uh, trying to prove themselves and trying to earn a starting position. So yeah, if you can get one of those guys and, and a veteran, I'd be good with that. And that's what I, f- I have a feeling that they're going to do with both defensive tackle and defensive end. I think they're going to go to veteran and they're going to go with a controlled 
higher round pick that didn't pan out like they did with Taven Bryan. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like they're going to take a chance on first, second round picks. Like, yeah, it didn't work out there. Maybe it'll work out here kind of thing. And right now, Galen Sounders is round three. He's from Western Illinois. He's only four years in the league. So those two guys only got four years in the league. They're becoming free agents. They actually play great. Something to fill in. I mean, it, that's our biggest need is defensive tackle. I mean, would you say that that's like the glaring hole that we need? Oh, absolutely. Because um, because our run game last year was so poor. And you got to get somebody that can stop the run. And, yeah, I've, I don't know if it's, you know, we talked about kind of one extreme to the other. We talked about the Pro Bowl player and Fletcher Cox, who's maybe – coming up on the end of his career. And we talked about, um, you know, up and coming guys who have maybe had one good season, but they've been in the league for a couple of years. And I think maybe you kind of look towards somebody maybe in the middle, kind of like a Sheldon Rankins or a Dalvin Tomlinson who have started for multiple years. Um, they were high draft picks. So they're very talented and they're not going to break the bank. Um, I, I think somebody like that, sign them to a one-year prove-it deal because they're in their late 20s. Their career is coming to an end if they don't perform at a high level the next couple years. So they're going to be hungry. Um, So I think somebody like that might be ideal for the Browns to where you're not having to spend $10, 15000000 million uh, on one defensive tackle. All right, you want to dive into defensive ends now, buddy? Let's do it. All right, so for me, I got right out of the gate, I got Graham from Philly, Brandon Graham. I know he's 35 years old, played 17 games, had 11 sacks, 16 quarterback hits. I know his market value is going to be up there higher and be in the client range and all that, but also gives you a solid guy that has played and has played for Jim Schwartz. That I'm just throwing that one out there. Next one I got, Justin Houston. Now, these are my two older guys. Justin Houston had probably one of the best seasons he's had in a very long time. He played 14 games, had 10 sacks, 17 quarterback hits, and a whole bunch of other stuff, and we could get him on the cheap, Bry. He's not going to be a lot of money. Um, he's up there in age. He's got a lot of tread on the miles. I have also, I have green, and this is where I get young, Bri. I have, where is he at? Rasheem Green from Houston. Now, we've already dealt with Houston. He's 26 years old, played 15 games, 41 tackles, four sacks, seven quarterback hits, playing alongside, getting behind a veteran. Like Justin Houston, the nose would go. And the one that intrigues me, and he's got some damn issues, Bry, and he's got a lot of damn issues, is the guy from San Francisco, Charles Amona Hayu, or whatever, how you want to say it. I think I said it right. Amona Hayu? I, I don't know. Uh, what issues? Uh, 25 and a half from San Francisco. Uh, played 17 games at five stack, 60 back hits. Um, he had some domestic violence issues. 
that he has been arrested on and things of that nature. But, you know, obviously everybody turns a blind eye to that and everything else. But there's another young guy at 25. You also got above him, Zach Allen from Arizona. You know, but he's going to be a lot of money, I believe, Bri. Um, so there's a couple young guys. Even um, here's another one to throw out there. Uh, Farrell from Las Vegas, 26 years old. Oh, yeah, sure. You have him. Um, Davenport from New Orleans would be another good one to kind of have on the edge. So there's a lot of good guys you can have on the edge. And also the one guy I did forget who is becoming a free agent again is Ngakwe, right? Mm-hmm. And he's becoming a free agent again. Yannick Ngakwe at 27 years old. Um, market value is $13 million. So it would be, well, 14.8 now. So they're saying market value for him would be a four-year $59 million contract. But that would give you, if you get Yannick Ngakwe on the other side of Miles Garrett, that's chaos, Bri. And the way they play together, we will see. But I think that would be the best scenario for the Cleveland Browns if they could actually do it and afford it, like you said, can afford it. But if not, I gave you some older options with Justin Houston. I gave you some younger ones. Kind of look, a few about the guys I ran off. Yeah, again, it's it's pretty similar to the defensive tackle position and just what the Browns are looking to get out of it. You, you mentioned a couple of older guys that probably play one, maybe two years at most. Uh, I might throw Melvin Ingram in with uh, with Graham and um, Justin Houston. Uh, just is a guy who can come in. You know he can get it done. You just hope he can hold up because – once you get to your mid-30s as a defensive lineman, you're just kind of playing on borrowed time. To me, I think Marcus Davenport is the uh, the class of this free agency um, position because I think he's kind of in his prime. He's had a lot of production down in New Orleans, and I think he's going to probably demand the most amount of money. And Ngakwe would be nice. I would take him. He's just been, to me, he's been very inconsistent. Like, he had a couple good years, I think, with um, with the Raiders. Did he start his career with the Raiders? Uh, and then he maybe went to Baltimore, and it seems like he's been a lot of hype ever since his first couple years, and he really hasn't come through. Maybe, you, I think he might have been with the Jaguars now that I think about it. But, uh, yeah, he wouldn't be bad. I think if you're just looking for, like, a, a solid starter that can come in, um, a guy like maybe Arden Key for Jacksonville might not be a bad way to go. Um, he'll give you a professional effort. You mentioned Zach Allen. I think uh, I think he would be a guy who maybe hasn't quite reached his ceiling. He started showing some promise at the end of last year for Arizona and uh, turned out to be one of the better players on their defense. But he's just kind of scratching the surface and. You know, do you make an investment in him and hope that he continues that progression? Um, I don't know. Uh, Trey Flowers uh, is a guy who's 30 years old. He's a household name. Um, He'll give you a good year, two, maybe even three years. Um, But he'll give you a professional effort, and I don't think he's really a headache 
in the locker room. So I think he'd be kind of a safe pick. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think we've covered basically everybody on my list. What, a, what about um, Nathan Shepard from the Jets? Played 16 games last that. year. And only had 29 tackles, but he had two sacks and five hit on the quarterback. And we could get him for a cheap price. Right now they're saying about a million dollars. And he's 29.3, yeah. so 30 years old. But I, the other one, what about um, Goldston from Tampa Bay? Used to play on New Orleans. Can't go wrong with an Ohio State guy, right, Brian? I feel, but I, So I, I think the Browns need a guy that they can plug in and say this is our starter. Because I feel like we have a couple of up-and-coming guys or projects already in Wright and Thomas you know, that we drafted last year. So we have young guys that we're trying to develop. I think we need a guy who we sign him and we say, okay, you're opposite Miles Garrett. We're good now. We don't have to develop you. We don't have to hope that you continue your progression. You're, uh, you're an NFL starter. And, you know, maybe they swing for the fences and go for markets Davenport. I don't think they can really afford to do that. But, um, but yeah, just uh, – adequate to above average starter and i'd probably be happy now i want you to hear this brian because i i think this is the guy for us all right zach allen three years 27 million dollars is the market for him so it'd be nine million dollars a year all right but he is 25 years old all right brian last year alone now all these free agents all right I just clicked on top quarterback hits. He had 19 quarterback hits last year with six sacks. And he played 13 games. Mm-hmm. That yep, would be a guy a- that I would go after like you wouldn't believe because of the production there. He had 47 tackles, six sacks, 19 quarterback hits, and played 13 games and played 660 snaps. Yeah, I think uh, the ceiling for him is a guy like Trey Hendrickson um, for the Bengals, who kind of mm-hmm. started his breakout with the Saints, and you know everyone was kind of high on him, but he just hadn't proven it enough. And so the Bengals were willing to give him all this money, and he's paid off for them. He's been one of the best defensive end in the leagues the last couple of years. Whenever you're watching a Bengals game, he kind of makes a difference. So... If that's Zach Allen of this class, uh, then I think you take a chance on him, but it, that, it's just that. It's a chance. You, you don't know, is he going to start counting his money and be happy that he got paid, or is he going to try to make a difference? So he's a risk. Well, there's your deep dive into our defensive end and defense tackles we like. Uh, Allen is one of them. I like Josh Houston or Justin Houston. Um, Fletcher Cox for me, I, I think that's a no brainer for me that that's my guy I want. And you know something, if you can't get him, you know, something kick the tires on Sue again. It's not like Sue didn't have a bad year. I don't know why they didn't go after him anyways. Cause guess what? He got another run at a super bowl. So you just need a veteran guy in there. You need a guy that knows what he's doing, knows how to play the gaps. And to get in the gaps and stop to run the way it's supposed to be. That's what killed us last year is they were playing the wrong gaps. People were moving to the wrong spot. And 
we get burned. Just happens. So, Brian, if you had your wish list, who would be your defensive tackle and your defensive end on your wish list? Um, defensive end would be Marcus Davenport. I think he's a guy you could sign for three years, and he could be solid opposite Miles Garrett for all three of those years. Um, defensive tackle. Yeah, like I said, Tomlinson or Sheldon Rankins. I think they could give you a professional effort, and they could be a rock up the middle. I think maybe I would lean towards Rankins a little bit because I think he's maybe a little more versatile than uh, than Tomlinson. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Javon Hargraves would be great um, and bring his 10-plus sacks to Cleveland, uh, push the pocket up the middle, but I just don't know if that's very realistic at this point. If we can afford it. Uh, mine's Fletcher Cox and Justin Houston, who had a very, very good year last year with Baltimore. And I'd like to kick the tires on this Allen kid. I really would. I'd like to see what he's got. And, you know, something going across Miles Garrett. And if we get another veteran in there on the defensive line to kind of help him out, especially with the younger guys with Alex Wright, with uh, was Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. that we drafted kind of see who does what damage there but if you can get a veteran in that just kind of shows the ropes and then another stud young guy that you can kind of develop we'll see what happens uh next week bry we will get into the safeties and linebackers and then right before the league year starts march 15th we will dive into wide receivers all right cool so safeties and linebackers next week. Please stay tuned to us. Brian, it is time for Fat Boy Tuesday because you know something we just get going and it's over an hour already. <laughs> um, you know something? We can say Fat Boy Tuesday until next week. All right. We did a deep dive into the, like the two biggest needs that the Browns need. You all right with pushing uh, fish sandwiches to next week? Sure. I was going to let you go first while I take a quick break. And then uh, if you want to start with the top... We want to go top three now, or you want to go? I'll, I'll do the top three. You go to the. You go take a break. I'll do top I'll three. Take first. the head. Yep. All right. See ya. And as Brian is leaving, we're getting into our top three, which is not sponsored by anybody. Um, I know we normally do Fat Boy Tuesday, but next Fat Boy Tuesday we will be doing uh the best fast food fish sandwiches. And there's a few takes I have on that because some of them are actually really delicious and some of them are kind of trash, but we'll get in our top three here and we're doing top three current head coaches. So give me one second. So our top three current NFL head coaches, I kind of came up with this as a fun pun after the end because you got Andy Reid who actually won the Super Bowl. You had a brand new pretty much coach there at Philly. Brian is back. Brian, you ready to come in? I got you. Yep. All right. He is coming back in. So, Brian, the reason why I brought this up is I wanted to see kind of where you were at with the current head coaches that are going on and who do you think are the top 
head coaches in the NFL right now. You know, we'll do our top three head coaches. So since you are here now, I will go first. Um, my number three head coach, and I'm taking Andy Reid out of this because he won the Super Bowl. What? Taking- you didn't tell me that. Well, we can. Do you want to take him out or you want to keep him in? Well, if he's your number one, you kind of gave it away. All right. We'll take him out. I mean, is he your number one? Yes, he is. Okay, so we'll take him out. Number three for me, and it was just based off of this year, Doug Peterson. For Doug Peterson to go in, do it with Philly, with a Carson Wentz that is now completely washed up and gone out of Washington, and taking that team and winning a Super Bowl with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. And now going to Jacksonville and actually making Jacksonville Jaguars a playoff team with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Gotta give him kudos though. Wherever he goes, it starts out great, kind of ends badly at the end. But I think he is probably one of the best coaches for some odd reason the past few years. Number two for me, Mike Tomlin. And you could say what you want to say about Mike Tomlin. You could just. He's been there forever, blah, 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 blah. But for a guy that had to deal with Ben Roethlisberger, who can't throw downfield, small hands Kenny Pickett, and still keep that team relevant, Bri, we thought this was their nosedive. This is like our year to look at you guys going, <laughs> 5 and 12? Look at you suckers. That's where we thought it was going to be. And guess what? They finished above you. So, Mike Tomlin is my number two. And, Brian, you're going to be surprised by this. And most people would think, I don't know, Kyle Shanahan, Bill Belichick. I got to go with Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, to see the leaves on the trees with Russell Wilson and what the crap he did at Denver, to get Geno Smith, who was a decent veteran and played almost MVP caliber for the first half of the season. If not, he should have been like, you know, for him to actually turn that around, get Kenneth Walker, which is his new beast and Marshawn Lynch and just Pete Carroll at 70 years old. And I know we have Bill Belichick and you know, something Bill Belichick is always going to be Bill Belichick. You got Kyle Shanahan, whoopty whoopty do. Uh, I I don't know what you want me to tell you about those two. They they haven't made it, but Pete Carroll to me, I think should be right there at the top of the list with Mike Tomlin as the top two in coaching right now. Brian, what do you think? Did you just say Bill Belichick hasn't made it? No, I'm not saying he hasn't made it, but he had Tom Brady. Okay, you take Tom Brady away from him, he hasn't really done anything. I agree. He's not on my list. Um, okay. So we're talking about right now. Uh, if we were talking five years ago, yeah, he'd probably be at the oh, top. But uh, we're kind top. of finding out that uh, maybe he was more Brady than Belichick. I think Belichick's still a great coach. Don't get me wrong. Um, he shows it every single time he plays the Browns and just spanks our butt. By the way, so, four and five were Shanahan and Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Honestly, I'd probably put Belichick in the same category as Andy Reid. Like, if we're going to take Andy Reid off the list, then probably should take Bill Belichick off the list because they're probably one and two, respectively. But if we're just talking about this year, which is kind of what I was going off of, um, 
you know, Belichick didn't make playoffs. So uh, our lists are pretty similar. I'm going with Doug Peterson, number three, also uh, for him to. I know he took over, you know, Boy Wonder, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, everybody's saying he's a once Not in a generation Wonder. type quarterback. Sunshine. But, sunshine. But, sunshine. Hey, Urban Meyer found a way to screw him up, so uh, it's not a given that he's just going to be great. So I think uh, I give Peterson a lot of credit, and obviously he's won a Super Bowl, so you give him credit for that too. Um, Not many coaches can say that. My number two is Pete Carroll is your number one. Um, For him to take a guy like Geno Smith and turn him into the comeback player of the year, and take them to the playoffs when everybody said before the season that they were just going to tank it out and try to get uh, Bryce Young. They had other plans. And professional effort. Um, you, you give all the credit in the world to Pete Carroll. Still doing it. It's 70-some years old. Uh, quite the inspiration. So he's my number two. My number one, I'm going. Yeah. I don't. I don't like him. I really do not like. Kyle Shanahan, but for a guy to take his third string quarterback, the seventh round last pick in the draft to the NFC championship game. Unbelievable. We'll never see that again. I mean, and we just kind of take it for granted. But if you really think about that, a rookie seventh round quarterback takes the team to the NFC championship game. I don't know. You got to give credit to somebody. Um, so I'll just choose to give it to, to Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Brian, you also got to throw in Peterson there with Nick Foles. I mean, when Carson Wentz went out, who thought Nick Foles would sure. win the Super Bowl? Like, I mean, you just have guys that are, and I'm, I, I hate Kyle Shanahan too, but you have guys that can actually, it's not the players they have, it's the scheme they have. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, he already had a legit defense. Like he had a legit de- he had the defensive player of the year. So oh, what, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not yeah, I'm not saying you he he I'm not saying he took the Houston Texans to the NFC Championship game. Obviously, he had talent on the team. But in a league where the most important thing on your team is your quarterback and he took a 7th round rookie. I mean, it's just it blows my mind. I mean, you find it'd be hard for somebody to do that with an all-star team. And yeah, I know I give Brock Purdy credit too, but uh, yeah, like I said, I don't like him, but I give him a lot of credit. Now, do you think if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt, that we would have a different Super Bowl contender? No, I think uh, I think Philly would have won even if Purdy stayed healthy. I think Philadelphia and the Niners are the class of the NFC. I think it's Philadelphia, it's the Niners, it's two steps down, and then it's everybody else. So those are clearly the two best teams, and the quarterback sets Philadelphia apart from San Francisco. And Jalen Hurts played a tremendous year, and and I think. Uh, provided that he was healthy, they were going to win that game. All right, next one. Somebody put it up here. Sean Payton. How do you feel about Sean Payton? 
Um, because you know, you, you know, honestly, if he would have came to Cleveland, he would have fixed Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield is under six foot one, and <laughs> Baker Mayfield is. Just, I mean, yep, that, I, that's the uh, the copy and paste and repeat uh, takes that uh, that we saw. Well, he did it with one six foot quarterback. He could clearly do it with another. It looks not like that easy. Find out. He's going. <laughs> he's he's on the same path as Bill Belichick. We'll see how he does without his Hall of Fame once in a lifetime quarterback. Yeah, well, Bill Belichick didn't go from uh, you know Tom Brady to uh, you know Russell Wilson. Yeah, you know, at least oh, he got a little toe to dip into. Yeah. It's a little. It'll be easier for uh, for Peyton to do it than Belichick. Also, but, um, I didn't announce. Bad. I didn't announce on our last show, Bry, um, because it hasn't happened yet. But we did sign, and this is the new name for the show: Bubba Patron Patron as our special teams slash assistant coach coordinator. So, uh, how do you are you excited about Bubba Patron Patron? Sure. Sure, he used he had success in Indy, and um, you know he's going to bring something different that uh, Mike Prefer didn't have, which is uh, a successful special team. So, I guess <laughs> as excited as you can be about a special teams coach, I'm right about there. I, I don't think uh, we're going to start returning seven kicks for touchdowns a year like when we had Josh Cribbs, but. Yeah, maybe we won't make stupid blunders like we have. Okay. Well, hold on. James said I don't think Gino should have been player comeback player of the year when he was never big before. You sure. can also factor in that Gino also was a starting quarterback with the New York Jets when they were trash for how many years? And don't talk about my West Virginia quarterbacks. <laughs> All right, James. There's rules here. High State, West Virginia, you stay away from. You worry about your 49ers over there on that, you know, West Coast. You brought them up. You brought up Ohio State quarterbacks, and there's been something festering inside me for a long time, and I guess now is as good a time as any. I don't think I've ever heard anybody, like, nationally make excuses for a player more than they make excuses for Justin Fields. I mean, every left turn, well, he's got nobody. Well, he won two games, but he's got nobody. Like, and everyone's just saying, oh, yeah, the Bears got their quarterback. Dude won two games in his second year. It wasn't his rookie year. It was his second year. Well, he's got nobody around him. Like, I don't know if it's just a Cleveland thing because it's the Buckeye homerism kind of seeping to Cleveland. But, my God, there's so many excuses for that guy. I'm just, I'm just letting you go. You go ahead and get it out. <laughs> I mean, because you know what? I mean, every time anybody says a thing about Justin Fields, an excuse is following right then after. It's not Justin Fields is a great QB. Look at his numbers. It's, well, we think he's good, but he's got nothing around him. Like, Brother, you get your Ohio State out. It's all right. You haven't done it in a while. I mean, it's been fucking since November. Come on, get it out. It's I fun. mean, all right. So I'll ask you, what do you think of Justin Fields? Is it too early to tell, or do you think he's going to be good?
I think it's too early to tell. And the reason why is because of the coaching. That that's the only thing that kills me is like I don't know. It's like with anything else. Yeah, he's Brian, he's probably going to flame out, and that's completely fine. But also, we were looking at the same thing, that whole draft with Trevor Lawrence. Everybody said that Trevor Lawrence was the next Andrew Luck, and you weren't going to fucking miss on that. Guess what? It took, it took until Doug Peterson to take him over and kind of, like, work out the kinks. Like, I think just Justin Fields doesn't have a head coach right now or an offensive coach that can help him out with that. That's just my because I'm an Ohio State homer, I'm just going to say that. But you know what I'm saying, though? But if he a doesn't, lot of quarterbacks don't. But the thing is, though, if he doesn't get help, he's going to be one and done, and he's going to be out of the league, just like Tim Couch, just like you know all these other players that came in that were amazing quarterbacks, but you don't get with the right team or the right coordinator or the right people, and you're done. But you're a really great quarterback. Uh, I mean, we can go through the list, Brian. I mean, we've had the list in front of us. For I don't know how many years, like uh, Alex Smith, for the longest time, wasn't with the right scheme in San Francisco. Goes to Kansas City, wins games in Kansas City. Kansas City's done with them because they got Patrick Mahomes. Goes to Washington, wins games with Washington. Number one overall pick right there. But he got run out of town in San Francisco because everybody said he wasn't good enough. But he didn't have the right coach. There was no coach there to coach him. That's why all these guys that get drafted, quarterbacks that get drafted, you know, all these teams that are coming up to draft you, they're shitty teams, man. Like, it's, it, unless you are like God, like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, that goes for every single quarterback in the NFL. Um, you just have to be in the right position with the right coaches. Um, and some guys can overcome it, and some guys can't. Uh, like, if, if Baker Mayfield went to be with Andy Reid, I'm guessing he'd be pretty damn good. Um, but, also, but also, that's a head coach that has cachet. You put Baker Mayfield with Hugh Jackson and Kevin Stefanski, a washed-up head coach, and a brand-new head coach. You didn't put him with a veteran head coach. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing, though. If you're going to draft number one, don't do it with a brand new head coach. Because at that point in time, you're going to root Cliff Kingsbury. Here we go. Like <laughs> he's out now, but Kyler Murray is still there for some odd reason. And he's five foot six. I mean, we've got Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. I agree. Horrible coaching. Yeah. Through the entire time there. Horrible coaching. Matt Ryan. Very good quarterback. Horrible coaching. Yeah. But those I'm, guys have had success in the league. Um, I'm not saying they have and, Matt Schaub. Oh my god, you, we you just you have to be an overcome. Look at Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen goes to Buffalo where Sean McDermott hasn't proved shit and uh he's a defensive coach. Well, somehow Josh Allen still makes it through and he improves his accuracy and he overcomes all that. Now, Sean McDermott is looked at as one of the best coaches because Josh Allen kind of took over. I'm just right now at this point to, to bring it back to the Justin Fields stuff. When you say that, though, if you look at it, 
who's the head coach for New York Giants right now? It was Josh Allen's offensive coordinator who has turned now your Giants around. Also, also the Browns offensive coordinator. <laughs> so it's not like Brian Dable's the uh, the end all be all savior of all offense. No, but I'm just saying, like it, it depends on where you're at and who you're doing and what timing it is. Sure, sure, but I also believe that it's it doesn't all have to do with that. Eventually, it comes down to the player and uh, um, what they're going to do and what they're going to overcome. But yeah, to bring it full circle, it's. I'm sorry. I started it with like, oh, you're fine. Everyone's everyone's just talking like Justin Fields has made it, and he's the guy. And I'll give him; he's a tremendous athlete. He's a tremendous athlete. Yes, right. he is. What Maybe one of the best athletes that the quarterback position has ever seen. Is he a good quarterback? He's a below average quarterback to me. He's won two games. He won two games this year. How could you say a guy that won two games this year is your franchise quarterback? Are you? Uh, is it because of? They're talking about the number one overall pick and what the Bears should do. Is this why you're bringing it up? This is what sparked it, but I've been listening to it all year long. Okay. One of the hosts on Cleveland Browns Daily gives so, Brown gives Justin Fields excuse after excuse after excuse, and it's just a broken record. He's got nobody around him. He's I, got nobody. Apparently, David Montgomery is nobody. Apparently, Darrell Mooney is is nobody, and he's just poor old poor Justin Fields. He's playing with the Medina High School varsity boys, and he's just getting his butt kicked every day. You know, Bri, what are they going to do? I Okay, so what? You think you take the proven, the guy that's there, or do you trade down and get your picks that you need? Because, and, because the guy that's there is, guess what? Another Ohio State quarterback and a six-foot Alabama quarterback. Right, and well, I'm not saying time. that I, th- this is not this is not directly um, this is not has to do with the draft and what they're going to do. This has nothing to do with who's available in the draft. I'm not saying Bryce Young is better than Justin Fields. I don't I don't know. I'm not saying CJ Stroud. I'm saying Justin Fields compared to the other NFL quarterbacks. There, I'd probably take at least twenty guys over Justin Fields right now, and everyone's talking some- like uh, he he's the I'm- man. Brian, you know, if he I, can just get some help around him, he'll be a franchise guy. Like, how do you know what based on other than his legs? What has she he's shown you that he can do in this league? See, this is where the Michigan Ohio State comes from with us. Like, you you just it's okay, let it out, bud. I I I, I just did I just did let it out. This was this was the I entire mean, I, season. Me hearing Cleveland people make excuses for Justin Fields, and this is this is my way of finally letting it out. So thank you for letting me have this moment. I've made my peace. Everybody knows where I stand, and enjoy the next six months of people making excuses for Justin Fields. And Bry, I hundred percent get which why, doesn't even make sense because he's the Chicago Bears quarterback. So why I do know. people even care in Cleveland about Justin Fields? Well, that's those people. That's not Bry. I'm not. I get where you're coming at. Our boy Nick Paulus makes a ton of excuses for him too. By the way, well, not to call him out or nothing. Oh my lord! I, wait. I, <laughs> last I, week, that, two weeks ago, I heard him just. Talking up and down about he's Lamar Jackson, basically. Brian, it looks like I'm making a phone call after we get off of here. Sure, sure. Have him come on. He can make excuses for half an hour if he wants. Oh, my God. 
Brian, I'm I, I'm not making excuses for him. I know that is over. I know you're not. I know. I know. I it was just something that was festering <laughs> that I've also, listened to for six months. But also, you cannot say that that kid didn't try to win games. I mean, how many? He had 210 rushing yards in one game, just trying to fucking will his team to win. Right. And like I said, he's a tremendous uh, athlete. Tremendous like, athlete. But look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton's the exact same fucking way. Cam Newton had 400-yard passing games. <laughs> I think like yeah. a couple in his rookie year. Because everybody was scared of him fucking running. Yeah, and I would say Cam Newton is a great quarterback, not just a great athlete. Now? Like, right now, Justin Fields is not a great quarterback. Cam Newton can't throw the ball anymore, brother. Oh, no, no, I'm not talking now. I'm talking when in his second year. I'm comparing apples to apples. I gotcha. I gotcha. See, this took it. We got to get our trivia. Now we're an hour 30 in. And you're good. Just, well, good thing we skipped. Uh, I'm here. Yeah, I told so, you I had to get that off my chest. And something you said brought it up. Hey, here we go. Justin, Chris just writes in. He goes, So put Lamar Jackson in Chicago. Is he still great? There we go. Oh, my Lord. Here they come. Chris says, so Brian, you're saying the Bears should take quarterback number one. Here we go. See, this is the can of worms. I don't. Up. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that because I'm not comparing Justin Fields to the quarterbacks in this draft. I'm just comparing him to the other quarterback. Yeah, if they could trade him for Lamar Jackson, I think you definitely do that. But you, again, that comes into play with uh, with the salary cap and how much you got to pay him, and you know that's why the Ravens would would probably do that because they would only have to pay Fields peanuts compared to Jackson. God, I love you. Oh, well, well at least you got it off your chest, Bry. Uh, All right. Yeah, let it let it be on the record when you're listening to Sports Talk Radio for the next 6 months, when they start making excuses for him, you'll think of me. Oh my god, I'm calling Paulus tonight. Jesus <laughs> god, I'm calling Paulus tonight. This is great. Like Paulus, go listen to the last 20 minutes of our show. Yep. That's all you need. All right. So, Bry, trivia that you said to me was who was the second leader in sacks for our Browns this year? And I'm going to go on a limb and say Taven Bryan. You're not going on a limb. Was it Taven Bryan? You heard that just like I did. It was Taven Bryan. Taven Bryan. <laughs> JOK was right behind him, though, wasn't he? Didn't JOK? No, have- I don't. So, third. Give, all right. So, if you went on a limb with Taven Bryan for a second, give me go on a limb for who was third. Tommy Togiai. Nope. You, I could probably give you five or six or seven guesses. You probably wouldn't get three. Chase Winovich. Nope. He had so- one. Grant Delpit. Nope. John Johnson third. Nope. Taki Taki. Nope. I'm going to look in the comments now. See if somebody threw it out there for me. Alex Wright. Nope. Greg Newsom. Nope. Is it anybody in the starters? Yeah, he became it. He was eventually a starter. Eventually a starter. Deion Jones. There you go. There you go. 11 games. 11 games for your Cleveland Browns as a middle linebacker, and he was third on the team in sack. Two and a half. Oh, my God, Bri. We got we to gotta shore that up. All right, so next week, 
We're getting into the linebackers and safeties. We will talk about the combine results, people that we kind of enjoyed with that. Brian, we're getting into Fat Boy Tuesday with the fish sandwiches again. And then top three, we'll have some fun with it. We'll bring something around. But uh, we are legal him to face. We want to thank our troops, first responders for everything. Somebody please go adopt Biloxi. Uh, we are on a great track record right now. Um, shows brought to you by Hero Keel and Lake Area PA. Also City Dogs Cleveland and Friends of City Dogs. And on that note, Bri, um, God bless them. God bless. God bless America. All right. And yep, there's Chris. He just did the dunce right there. All right. <laughs> Sorry, there Chris. It happens. Got me going. All right. Worked uh, into a shoot. <laughs> I am that bad guy. We are illegal in the face. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends, everything else. We've been doing great. We've been gaining listeners and gaining subscribers. We would like to keep it up because Brian and I love talking. All sports, food. Obviously, obviously, we got a rant about Ohio State and Chicago Bears. So we kind of <laughs> just hit everything as we keep going. That so, was for Jose too. Yeah, uh, I think Jose tuned out a long time ago because he has oh, a shit in a little bit. So tuned out or blacked out. Bry hats, shirts, everything are coming, and on the back of them, we are uncut, uncorked, unloaded. We're out. Say it.